Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to a brand new episode of The Juice. I'm your host, Solomon Giorgio, comedian, writer, and the star of the hit musical movie, Chicago. Today's guest is a legend. I'm just so honored he would even take the time to come on this little show. He's led one of the most amazing careers in this fickle industry. He's an actor, writer, comedian, and for many years, a nightly companion on your TV set. He's also the host of a great podcast called Three Questions, right here on Team Coco. Join me in giving a big, juicy welcome to Andy Richter. Hi. How are you doing? I love you. What are you, crazy? I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to be here. Oh, look, I feel like it's uh, it's always a nice little treat when some of your respect is uh, kind to you. Oh, good. Well, thank you. How's life in general? How are things? It's it's okay. You know, I mean... um, uh, I was joking before we started that I don't have a job and yeah. that uh, I used to be used to sort of the freelance life of an actor. And like my folks would be very concerned sometimes and say, OK, you, I understand you have a job now and it's last for another two months. But then what? And I'd be like, I don't know, something else. There's a certain level of anxiety about that, but you also get used to it. Yes. And I worked for Conan for about 10 or 11 years. So I'm not used to it anymore. So now, (laughs) now, I mean, I was used to, I was used to a steady paycheck. And even when we were down or I had a week off, I knew like, well, there's still money coming in. And, you know, when COVID hit, I was in a particularly blessed position to still have money coming in, even when we weren't doing shows and before we figured out how to do shows. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now that's not the case. Now I got to like, waiting for the phone to ring and hoping that there's still a market out there for Andy Richter's. Look, as far as I'm concerned, there should always be a market for an Andy Richter. And if there isn't, I will shift the industry with my (laughs) tiny abilities to make sure there is a market. Right, right. I have no sway in anything that's going on in this industry. (laughs) I have zero benefits to offer anyone. Well, I'll Um, take, well, just the the moral support will be enough. Honestly, that's all I can offer. But you know what? While we're here on on the show, if anyone wants to offer Andy a job... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> please, 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 please. Yeah. Um, I like, I personally am a big fan of uh, gossip uh, Me too. and rumors. And I feel like you grew up. Did you grow up in a small town? I did. I'm from a town called Yorkville, Illinois. Yorkville, Illinois. Yeah. It's about 60, 70 miles west of Chicago. But it, I, I mean, you you have Chicago television, but when I, and I, and now it kind of, it's spread, you know, sort of the, mm-hmm. the actual name for it is Chicagoland. <laughs> they call it the Chicagoland area. And so now it's really more of the, it's in the Chicagoland area, but it it used to kind of just be a little small town. 
less a satellite of Chicago than it was of a neighboring sort of medium-sized city called Aurora, Illinois, which is where Wayne's World took place. Um, oh, okay. But Aurora, you know, Aurora is like a sort of a, you know, a Rockford or a, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, a Des Moines, Iowa. You know, it's there. It's 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 not. It, that was where we went to town, not Chicago. Chicago was Chicago was about an hour, but it was also Chicago from my lily white little town was terrifying, was terrifying yeah. to Chicago's people. like the Vegas of Illinois. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Is that well, the proper I mean, term? You'd go for, you know, you'd go for sports games and occasional museum trips for school. But the notion of like sort of going to Chicago and just experiencing it, it that was crazy. It's overwhelming too. It like, was okay, terrifying. Yeah, yeah. How many people were in your town? Uh, I think there was about 7,500. That's... Very tiny. Yeah, it's that's a little not, town. That's the amount of people in my own family, honestly. That is. <laughs> what, <laughs> like, I, what reunions? I, look, honestly, it's no, it's very chaotic. I don't know who I'm related to anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm assuming that means that everybody knows everybody and no one got to keep a secret at all. Yeah, there was a certain amount of that. I remember my mom uh, once hearing John Cougar Mellencamp's song, the small town mm-hmm. and it was something about the line about something you know and people in a small town let you be who you want to be and my mom i think it was the first time she heard that song and she just went bullshit <laughs> <laughs> not not true everybody yeah. here judges you and tells you exactly who you should <laughs> yep. be yep yep no you got to be what they tell you to be pretty much you know so now I definitely want to know what the rumor mill is like in that kind of a situation. Like, did, was there was there people who just always got caught in the mix of a uh, of the town gossip? You know, because I was a kid and I was in high school. I mean, there were like sort of there was the high school level, and there were like you know girls that got pregnant during high school and and the sort of the typical stuff. But most of like sort of the good gossip that I knew was like old gossip from you know, from my older relatives, like, you know, my uncle telling me about, about walking somewhere at night and seeing a man who was like just a man in town mm-hmm. that I knew my whole life. And a woman who was like a woman in town that actually I think worked at, at the school system, um, fucking. She, he saw them fucking in the moonlight in an open Jeep. Wow. Uh, and when they were in high school. And it and that was the kind of thing that just blew my mind, like seeing like, you know, this like this bald, old bald man and this, you know, and this lady fucking, you know, that was like, wow, you know. Oh, man, that's see, that's the kind of fun. I wish no one fucks in the, in the public that way anymore. No. Uh, well, not- this wasn't this was like, you know, in the middle of nowhere. So it's like, I guess you could just. Fuck in a in a in a jeep and no one would care. No one would you ever know? bother you. Yeah, all. yeah. Like you just didn't have to worry about because he was, you know, he he wasn't he was walking and you know, like there was no reason to expect anybody to be walking around there at night. Also, why was he walking in? I don't in remember. Night I don't remember. I think for... he was walking home from his girlfriend's house or something like that. So he was so, probably fucking somebody in a jeep. It, not could very could very well have been. <laughs> yeah, they and and they also you know. My aunt told me once about like having a sleepover with a when she was a girl with a woman that like I knew and, you know, knew my whole life Mm -hmm. and uh, and jerking each other off, you know, like having like, you know, like lesbian diddling. 
Um, yes. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, and it's, you know, and then, then I it's get not to drinking kick, each other I, off. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, you know, I, I like it's That's a gender neutral term for me. Um, but, uh, but, you know, because especially like in a small town like that, there, sex doesn't exist, you yeah. know, like out in the, out in public and just to help carry all of these, all of these, you know, all of this knowledge in my head. And, oh my God. Another, another amazing one was my actual family generated huge gossip in that my grandmother, mm-hmm. my mom's mom, her parents were from Sweden and they became missionaries and my grandmother and most of her siblings were born in China where her parents were missionaries. And then uh, the Boxer Rebellion came and they were going to cut off my great grandfather's head and somebody spoke up for him because he was also a medical doctor and he had like cured enough people that they're like, ah, let him go, you know, don't cut off his head. Okay. So they, they, yeah, they escaped China and all the kids escaped, but there's like the sketchy part of it where my great grandparents still wanted to, they wanted to tour around the world as like superstar missionaries and go talk places and be feted places and, you know, and treated like celebrities in places, which meant dispersing their children around North America. And my grandmother, when she was a teenager, went to live with kind of a spinster cousin in Nebraska, in the middle of fucking nowhere, Nebraska, who was mean to her. And like, like when my great grandfather took her out and got her hair bobbed, my grandmother's hair bobbed. Mm -hmm. And when my grandfather left, her cousin beat her. What? uh, With a, yeah, beat her with like a a rug beater, you know, like that you hit the, like, because she got her hair cut because it was. That's insane. Yeah. I mean. You know, that would that's just that's the tip of the iceberg. Uh, <laughs> but my grandma went to a teacher's college, a little teacher's mm-hmm. college in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska, and had an affair with the handsome, dashing young director of the school. Yeah. Got pregnant, told this guy, hey, I'm pregnant. And he disappeared. He literally just dis- l- oh, okay. left that's- town. She. Uh, you know, either uh, phoned or or telegraphed her dad, who was at that point in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He took the train out to Nebraska, got a car, chased this guy down, dragged him back to whatever town in Nebraska they were at, uh-huh. made him marry my grandmother. And then the next day he took off again. He just disappeared again. Dis- and disappeared after getting married. Oh, okay. Yes, wow. after, after getting married. But they were a married. And I don't, I'm not even sure like how that got annulled or anything. Because my great-grandfather didn't go after him after that point. He just took his daughter, his pregnant, you know, like, yeah. I don't know, maybe 19-year-old daughter, back to Chicago with him. And she couldn't stay with her parents, really, though, because they're missionaries, and to have a 19-year-old pregnant daughter when you're a missionary yeah, that's, is not cool. So they shipped her out to Yorkville, the town I grew up in, which, you know, if it's an hour from Chicago, yeah. when I grew up, it was, you know, it was a day from Chicago back in that those days. It was out in the nowheresville. Oh, yeah. But my grandmother's sister's husband was a doctor in town like he she had married a doctor yeah and so she went to live 
in Yorkville with her older sister and her husband to have her shame baby. Uh, okay. that, was my, that was my Uncle Bill, who actually just passed away at Aww. the age of 80-something or other. So she went to have her baby and, and fell in love with my grandfather, uh, who was 18 years her senior and who had been married once to a woman who was a um, Christian scientist and who had let two of their children die. Oh, the prey, the healing. Be- yes, yeah, I because she wouldn't that. allow yeah. and she wouldn't allow uh, them to have any medical care. And I think it was just like simple ear infections killed two oh, children geez. of my grandfather's. Yeah. So, and this woman ended up being, um, institutionalized. She was in a, in a, well, eventually ins- what they called an insane asylum in those days. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I don't know whether that was from the stress of losing two kids or just because she was kooky, but my grandfather was this, you know, kind of broken hearted man, 18 years older than this young woman. And, they fell in love and uh, they got married and, you know, and he sort of adopted my, my, uh, oh, yeah, my, my older brother. But the reason I bring that up. So like, so my grandma, yeah, she was like, you know, yeah. she was, she was a source of, and it's funny too, because my grandma became, and my family just generally, because my grandfather was just a really nice man that everyone really, really liked and his family had a what his family had done was because they they had land that had been you know and of course it, who knows how it was appropriated yeah. before it was Palmer that was my my grandfather's name before it was Palmer land it was Blackhawk Indian land okay like they had act, they were we were actual colonizers you know I guess <laughs> well, <that's> and <laughs> and. Uh, and they and what that what I think a couple generations of of yeah. Palmers did was basically sold land. Yeah. They would sell off a farm and then they'd live off that for five or ten years. And what they really did was raised prize hogs and prize chickens. And our <laughs> our attic was full of big silver loving cups from prize hogs and prize chickens. Oh. And my grandfather once on a on a train trip to go judge a poultry competition <laughs> in Southern <laughs> Illinois, rode with a guy, sat next to a guy named William Stratton, who was a, yeah. a, a political figure. They be, became friends. And that guy ended up being the governor of Illinois. And my grandfather was his campaign manager and then was the director of conservation for the state of Illinois for two term for two governor's yeah. terms. So they lived in Springfield. So my, you know, my Grandfather was in the governor's cabinet, and he was the chairman of the Republican Party in Kendall County, Illinois, for 30 years or something like that, which meant like lots of patronage jobs, you know, and lots of I mean, you know, it meant which were not like nefarious or anything, but it's like. Hey, Glenn, my son needs a job. Well, let's get him on the highway crew, you know, that kind of thing. And I grew up thinking because we lived in, in what had been a farm house. So it had that big, the barn was now a three-car garage with an attic above it, but it still had that big open center area Mm -hmm. that farms have for their tractors and things. And I thought that state road crews would come in and blacktop everyone's driveway, not just ours. Yeah, Like literal state crews would come and blacktop our driveway 
And yeah, that's with, not you know, an option for everybody. Yeah, that was yeah. just and it was like, and it's like with one of those highway ones, so it took like ten minutes. You know, they just it's went, called a Richter family special. That yes, was. exactly, exactly. And it wasn't until I was older and I was like, oh wait a minute, that's graft. That's that's graft. Um, Why don't we just get one of those guys to do our driveway? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that's come not on. an option. <laughs> um, but my family was like, they were like the hoi polloi of, of Kendall County. Well, yes. You know, uh, my grandfather was very benevolent and very nice and like was not, did not use his, his yeah. power for evil. He just, you know, like I say, he got people jobs. He probably fixed traffic tickets and things mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff. But he was known as, a, you know, like a guy that could get things done and my grandmother apparently had a real reputation as someone you did not want to cross, which I was not <laughs> even really aware of. But like I had, she came to it. I was on the speech team in high school and this, my, one of the teachers that did the speech team was, uh, a, we were friends, you know, like he was, he was a, like a mentor teacher to me. And he told me after like an open house He's like, oh, when I met your grandma, it was so weird. She's just this nice little old lady. And I was like, well, yeah, what'd you think? He goes, well, just I'd heard so much about her. I was expecting the Matahari of Yorkville. And I was just like, what? He's like, yeah. He, he said, there's just, it's it's known. He, like, in the teacher's lounge, people are like, you do not want to cross her. Don't get her mad at you. And it's like, okay, you know. To be fair, I, that's that makes sense. Like yeah. te- a lot of teachers, uh, they do cross moms sometimes in the past, so she might have yes. might have a history there. And I think also too, she just she was ambitious, and I think she mm-hmm. kind of pushed my grandfather. Like I think that she that he would have been fine because he, you know, he kind of sold insurance, mm-hmm. but he also kind of sold real estate. But mostly, what I remember was he had an office in the downtown, which is like two blocks of street down by the river. And uh, I going to his office in the afternoon and it was all old men playing cards, you know, and I, I'm sure that probably drinking involved too, but you know, just like yeah. sitting around his insurance office playing cards. And that's where the barber was. And like, if he needed the barber, it was like, he's over at Glenn's go, you know, playing cards, go get the barber, you know, backing up again, <laughs> that, my so my grandma came out to live with her sister and her husband, the doctor. Mm-hmm. That doctor, my great uncle, I guess, mm-hmm. terrible philanderer. Oh, and one one of my friends in high school, his dad was a dead ringer for my great uncle and his son. Like oh. the, if you put the three of them together, you would be like, oh yes, these men are. Related. Very closely related. Okay. And and it was, so it was like, I, and I don't, you know, it was just weird to know, you, you know, I probably knew it when I was about 12 or something, because somebody told me like, your friend's dad is probably, then we, his name was, they called him Uncle Doc, was probably Uncle Doc's kid. <laughs> oh, And yeah. I was just like, wow. And it was true. Like the similarity was really but it's just a small town. How many yeah. people can look exactly alike? Exactly. Probably a very good chance of it. I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends on the small town we're talking about. Yeah. Is it ever been confirmed or is it just a thing? Oh, no, it's just, it's just some, no, no, I don't think so. I, I mean, nothing Ooh. that I ever, I certainly wasn't going to open that can of worms. <laughs> None of my oh. business. See, I'm a, I'm much more chaotic in nature and I would get to the bottom of it. <laughs> like yeah, I was Nancy yeah, yeah. Drew. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to find out <laughs> if you're related to me. <laughs> right, right. The Richter family lineage. <laughs> I, 
yeah. But I mean, well, I mean, is, does your family have similar things? Oh or? my god, I <laughs> my family is. Uh, let's see here, because my mother is in the other room. I'm just being very wary of what I'm going to say. <laughs> because yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm. I, I was 30 when I found out that my parents weren't married. <laughs> oh, what? Really? <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I was like, I was doing a paper about arranged marriages. I remember having sort of something set up when I was a kid and I was writing the article and I asked my, my sister, I was like, hey, when did our parents get married? And she's like, never. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's an integral piece of information. That I right, right, right. <laughs> But no, my family is very much, um, it's a constant stream of those kind of stories of, uh, of, right. <laughs> of terrible, terribly chaotic situations uh, of uh, past history that keeps coming up and getting in the way. Uh, but yes, I can, I can go on forever, but I love, I love that. I love the tale, like, especially because your family is now the toast of the town. Uh, <laughs> and they're asking if I did confront my family about that, and I have not confronted my family about that. <laughs> never? You never spoke to your mother about it's, it? It's a very, like, I once I figured it out, I'm like, why would I? Yeah. <laughs> why would I be like, hey, uh, by the way, I heard uh, <laughs> you lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't they sort of common law at this point, though? I mean, um, No, because when they came to the States, they never really said, said they were together, so it was always, like, treated as they were separate, like, Government-wise, they're always uh, like oh. legally. Did they live in different separate. places? Um, according to the government, yes. <laughs> why, but why wouldn't it been, have been to their advantage to be a couple? Like, isn't that always like you get the tax benefits and? I think it was because if my mother to being single, there were more benefits to her oh, being single than it was to. And I'm not going to give any more information away because I. Pretty sure that could be. <laughs> I don't know what the statute of limitations are. To, to get... Right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, my family is is, is very gossip filled and very uh, very zany and uh, like I like there's there's like a, a lot of information, especially with my dad's side of the family uh, because they were aristocrats. Uh, oh, okay. Like the bougie people is my what, is, yeah, what yeah. he is. Uh, like there was a civil war and they all had to escape and a bunch of them were killed off. Right. I have a very, uh, very colored, uh, checkered past as my family, and we were always the talk of the town. And we definitely, we've all, each of us have has ruined one wedding, <laughs> at least one. I correct, like, all, like my mom's done it. I think she's up to three now. <laughs> wow, <laughs> is that is that like an Ethiopian thing? Is that sort oh, of? Oh no, no, it's no, just my family. No. Oh, we're, wow, yeah, yeah. No, I'm from a very strong lineage of uh, <laughs> agents of chaos. Uh, wow. <laughs> Well, then, you know what? We're going to move on to the next segment because <laughs> my right, family, right. I feel like she's right next to me. Like, otherwise, I'd be like so full. I'm like, you'd hear so much more stuff right now. You can't you can't host your <laughs> podcast about gossip with your mother in the next room. Like she came to visit and I was like, fine. And I didn't expect her to be here this whole time. She's like, I'm going to go stay. Like, I was like, you're going to stay with my niece. Right. And then same night, she's just in my house. I'm like, OK, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> You need to invest in a soundproof booth <laughs> to put one of you in. <laughs> okay, Andy, it is time for our next segment. It's mailback it time. It is mailback time. Normally on mailbag, I read a couple submissions uh, we get from the fans, uh, but today I want to share some gossip of my own. I hope that's okay. Okay. So this tale, first of all, it's 20 years ago. So if you think I'm a bad person, 
I don't feel bad about it anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so a friend of mine at the time briefly dated a girl for a month. Like maybe a month and a half. I'll How old that. are we talking? How, We're talking how about like t- 1920. Okay. Like but this is like a dec- two decades ago. Um, sure. So 1920 uh, and they break up and she ends up dating another friend of mine in my friend group. Uh, this, of course, to him is like a, uh, he just really was very pissed off. He's like, he, he thought the other guy was a traitor. Uh, just like from like, and yeah, he decided to write her a letter with his feelings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but he didn't want to confront her with it. Uh, so he came to me <laughs> and he gave me the letter, um, in front of my other friend, Sam, which is like, also like, so he's like, Hey, this girl I dated briefly. Uh, I want you to deliver this letter. And he was like, also, it's okay if you read it. And I'm like, and then he leaves. I'm like, first of all, I was going to read this no matter what. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, I, the letter itself was not adjacent to a suicide. Like, like, it was very close to a suicide letter, as you can get about somebody <laughs> being oh sad God. about a breakup. Right. It was pretty insane. Uh, and it was one of those things where, like, you dated so briefly, and now you're making it my job to give this poor girl this sad, pathetic letter, which I think is even worse to do. <laughs> To another yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. So I'm reading this letter. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I'm like, okay, what can I do? I'm like, well, I'm going to bring everybody else I know in our friend group over <laughs> and I'm going to read the letter out loud to them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm for sure going to make photocopies of this letter and hand right. it out freely to everyone. Right. And my friend, uh, a good friend of mine was like, hey, I'm in a band. Uh, <laughs> so I can turn this letter into a song. And we and they like we like we actually legitimately recorded two versions of the song, a pop and a rock version. <laughs> I can with the full text or just based on it. Oh, he we actually so I'll share with you the text because it's only fair that you know what's going on. Uh, so we actually they we move the text around so the lyrics are very close, like just to make it more melodic. But we definitely kept all the grammar errors in it. <laughs> yeah, right. Got to so, get like, a feel for the person. So verse one is maybe I felt too much. Maybe I care too much. Maybe it's my fault that I fell in love for a moment with you. Maybe I trusted you when you said I care about you instead of listening when you said, baby, I wish you were dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe that was on me. (laughs) Maybe I trusted you. Said I care about you instead of listening when you said, Baby, I wish you were dead. But I risked this pain when I was with you. You were all that mattered, emotions vaguely remembered, flooded back to me, and I felt whole again when you're in my arms and and May was in love again for a moment. That was a grammatical error we kept. <laughs> May. What does he mean by May? Said, when you were in my arms and May was in love again for a moment. We don't know. Like, maybe I was in love again for... Like, there was a lot of words missing. So yeah, we, yeah. we're like, you know what? We're not going to guess. We're going to just keep keep it this way. Okay. And, and the month of May, you know. <laughs> and then the final verse, which is, Now I realize this was just an escape. This was just one chapter. And in the next, you have no say. I no longer will you have any control over the rest of my life. <laughs> Again, that was. <laughs> I no I'm, longer will you have yeah, any control. Control for the rest over the rest of my life. I have better things to do for the moment. For the moment. So we recorded both of these versions, uh, and 
I finally invited the girl over. <laughs> we performed the songs, gave her a cassette of the recordings, and then I finally handed her the letter. <laughs> And how did, I mean, what did she think? She was, I feel like for me, it was one of those things where I was like, you know what? I gave you the most entertaining buffer before I gave you this right. heart. Because he, like, it's such a disparaging thing he did at the end of it where he's like, fuck you forever for hurting my feelings. I'm like, right. I, I didn't want to offer, I didn't want to give that to her to begin with. So like, all right, whatever. So she handled it very well. Uh, I don't really remember. It's been 20 years. Uh, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> well, also, it's such a chicken shit thing to do. Oh, yes. To write this letter. Well, first of all, have a little dignity. I know you're 19 <laughs> or 20, but I mean, you know, okay, that happens. It's like it's yeah. it, this is it's not you know, it's not like even like you get struck by lightning. It's like you basically like stubbed your toe. Yeah, it's really and, nothing. Yeah, and you're right. So you write this letter and then you want to kind of put a dig in at the end, but you're too much of a chicken shit to actually deliver it yourself. Mhm. I think you did a good thing by teaching them it to everyone involved in this thing. They learned <laughs> own your own shit. Own like your you own shit. You can't do this. Yeah. And if you let Sol and if you involve Solomon, you will learn the lesson tenfold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It will all blow up. Because <laughs> like it would have blown up no matter what. I just definitely right. increased it to the point where no one would ever make that mistake again. <laughs> That's right. Solomon, Solomon is your friend, but Solomon is not your friend. <laughs> Look, I'm the nicest bitch you'll ever meet in your life, and that is really that's where I want to thrive. I want right, people to sure. understand that I will be caring and loving right, when right, I right. feel like it's necessary. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you are Cruella Deville with a heart of gold. Yes, I would in fifty one dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> 101 was overboard. That's too much. That's too much. Yeah. That's it for this week's mailbag. As always, if you want to hear your story on the show, visit teamcoco.com slash heyjuice. Time for a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to the phones to hear some Jersey Shore gossip. Stick around for the juice line. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Welcome back to The Juice. I'm here with a legendary Andy Richter. Now's the time on our show when we go to the phone. We call it The Juice Line. And I'm hearing from our board operator that today's caller is low. Let's patch her in. Please hold. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> Hi, nice, nice to, to meet, meet you. As well. And it's it's a good thing you get to share this yourself. You do not want him sharing your news. <laughs> <laughs> you do not want him doing. You that. don't want me to be the middleman in no. passing information. I'm no. very 
I can get things twisted. Yeah. A song can be created. Yeah. A movie might be made. And you don't want that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but though, please regale us with this wonderful tale. Okay. So I worked at a bar on the Jersey Shore. Well, it's Martell's Tiki Bar. They know about it. Um, and it is a very popular summer destination. Very popular. So there was a family and they were very wealthy and they wanted to host their wedding in the summer. But what you have to do is you have to rent the whole place except for the outside bars so we can still have patrons. So the father said, no problem. They had like a martini ice luge bar. They had the top of the top of the buffet that you could get. They had a mariachi band come in plus the DJ. They were no holds barred. So... This is like a five-hour wedding. At the end of the night, all of my, like the staff and I that worked together, we went next door to the club next to us. And we're like having a good time, whatever. We come out, it's two o'clock in the morning. We're smoking cigarettes as you do. And we're talking crap to each other. And we see the bride and groom walking down the boardwalk towards us. Mm -hmm. So everybody starts applauding because that's what you do. Both of those destinations are pretty popular for weddings because it's right on the beach. So... The bride has her head down and she's not saying anything. And the groom looks absolutely miserable. We're like, oh, they're probably just hammered. Whatever. The next day, it's 10 a.m. I'm opening the restaurant and the father of the bride comes in and he goes, well, that was a quick marriage as he finishes paying the rest of the wedding off. And we're like, what the fuck? So... He doesn't say anything. So there was a bartender who was working that night who came in Uh at the later shift. So we're like, Jay, 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 what happened? What happened? And he goes, you guys have no idea. So after we left, the, the bride and the groom and their wedding party decided to go to the outside bar where the bands were and continue partying. That's normal, right? Yeah. The groom can't find the bride. And he's looking all over for her, looking all over for her. And a regular bar patron goes, oh, I saw a girl in a a wedding dress down at the pier bar. (laughs) A girl in a wedding dress? (laughs) Might be the bride. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So so to explain to you, the pier bar is literally over the ocean. Like the ocean waves like come in. And if it's if it's rough, it rocks back and forth. Yeah. So the groom starts walking down there. It's a little bit dark. All of a sudden, he sees his bride. And he's like, okay, no problem. She's got her back turned towards him. As he gets closer, he sees the best man with his fingers in places that are not supposed to be. Oh. It wasn't even like a week later. It was five, six hours after they got married. So they were so. fingering is what it is? Is that? Yes. Yes. And at Boy, a wedding? you don't miss a trick, do you, Solomon? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I have not had to do anything like that in decades. So, <laughs> oh my god, on the wedding day, on the pier, with the best man. Well, you know, I I have a theory that maybe he was looking for the ring because it's his job to keep track of the ring. <laughs> no matter where it goes. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. It could have been like she goes. <laughs> Oh, my God, I lost it. I think it's up there. <laughs> Look, I store a lot of stuff in different orifices. And sometimes sure. I need it. help and assistance and guidance right. to get things out. It's <laughs> called squirreling. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, Tony Bourdain, in, in Tony Bourdain's first book, he has a similar story about when he worked one of the first restaurants he worked at. 
there was a wedding and that like the chef at the restaurant that disappeared and everyone was looking for him and they looked out the back window. Uh, it was, you know, I think it was in Providence. It was somewhere in New Englandy, but they looked out the back and the chef was fucking the bride in the back. <laughs> oh my like God. Just, had, just had flipped up the wedding dress and was oh. just there. And, you know, and there, the whole kitchen staff is Oh my God. A, a very oh drunk God. bride. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's such a romantic day. It just you know, kind honestly, of, it sloshes it, over. You know, you can't keep it in one container. I'm going to be honest. If I'm I like, I think that's, that's the most artistic way to do things. Cause you just <laughs> throw it out on day one. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's about love. It's a celebration. Look, look I, mostly I'm just doing it for the dress, and then it's just done. <laughs> <laughs> and the open bar. Yeah, and the yeah. open bar. Um, so how do you? So was there anything that like you noticed about the couple? Was they something that they were going to last or anything? Was that like what? What did you pick up when you saw them? She was a very typical um, New York girl, mm-hmm. so she was very hoity-toity. She was very materialistic. You could tell that she was a daddy's girl and everything had to be done her way. Whereas the groom's family was like, fuck it, I'm just here for the beer kind (laughs) of thing. Mm -hmm. So... We, we always made jokes and we always made bets, which sounds terrible, but when you're working wedding after wedding after wedding, you kind of see a pattern. So you can tell when a couple is going to be in it for the long haul. You can tell when it's going to be a first marriage or, mm-hmm. you know, an alimony type of situation. So they did not give us flags of happily ever after, oh, for sure. you felt that. <laughs> yeah, I feel, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a long-time believer in opposites don't attract. I don't, I don't understand it when people are like, <laughs> opposites attract. I'm like, oh, two people that have nothing in common with each other? Sounds chaotic. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think they should be together. <laughs> well, see, I That's think, <laughs> I think, I think that uh, just all the stress of building a wedding and doing all this, like should it, like a little fingering? Like, come on, maybe you can patch that up. Maybe you know, come back from that. I probably I'm pro, I'm pro open relationship. Uh, I just don't want to have sex with anyone else. He, the person I'm a partner with, go for it. I just don't want to do anything. I don't want to talk right. to new people, but I want people to always. Yeah. I think yeah, I'd forgive her. Well, here's my thing: if it was if she had changed out of her wedding gown and put on like a reception dress, maybe because that's like a different spicy bride. You know, that's a, she was still in her gown. That's an excellent look. I bet. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not going to wear that dress again. You might as well have some fun. in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there's rules to it, you know, like, Oh, I guess there are yeah. gonna be rules. I, it's like, I, you if know you want to marry someone, you have to be in your ship's captain outfit. You can't go change it to something else. You know, if you want to hear confessions, you got to dress up in the priest gear. And if, if you're in a wedding dress, you can't let the best man go to town on you. Oh, and I just and also like fingering. I don't think I've I don't think anyone's been good at that since the creation of it by men. <laughs> like it's uh, maybe eh. I don't think. <laughs> I, you know, it can in the right circumstance. It can on a be rocky delightful. pier, it can be delightful. <laughs> on a rocky pier on a drunk night, oh, you have uh, this Listen, sounds like danger. She said, she said the entire bar could move. <laughs> Come on, think about it. You know, the, what, he doesn't the, really have to do any work. Yeah, the best man <laughs> just had to relax. Just it's sort the of motion of the ocean finally is yeah. imp- is actually that's right. It's literal. The motion it's of the ocean. It's yes. the motion of the ocean. It doesn't matter yes. anything else. Right. 
I always say that New Jersey is a very lawless land. Anything and everything happens in New Jersey and nobody bats an eyelash to it. So, do you still live in New Jersey? I do not. I am. Uh, I spent eight years in Atlanta, and now I'm currently living in the country of Alabama. Ooh. Oh, oh my goodness! Wow, <laughs> you go from lawless to lawless to lawless. <laughs> you <Wow>. really? <laughs> How's the gossip in Alabama going? Um, lots of meth. Ah, yes. Oh, I'll tell you that. Familiar much. with that? It's yeah, uh, that's yeah. no fun. <laughs> well. Hopefully uh, you don't do any meth. Uh, and no, I don't. I don't. Look. But I'm here to collect all the stories. Well, so. if you have any insane meth stories, <laughs> please feel free to come back on because I definitely want to hear them. <laughs> I will DM you some more, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming in and giving us all those juicy details. I love it so much. And right. it was so wonderful Thanks to see you. you. <laughs> Thanks, Lo. Thank you, guys. I'm huge fans of both of you. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, you're too you. kind. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Well, that was our listener, Colin from Lowe. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> it was fun. It was. Did you uh, learn anything uh, today? We we learned. Uh, I'm a terrible person. Uh, you shouldn't trust me with anything. Um, yeah, yeah. Don't trust you. Um, no, it, that was. It was just uh, mostly just exciting and sexy. You know, hearing yeah. all about all that intrigue at weddings. That's. I mean. Oh yes. My mind's gonna be running wild with that. See, I've only been invited to boring weddings, and it's really unfair for me. I want, if anyone feels like they're about to get fingered in a wedding dress at their wedding, <laughs> please send me an invite, because I want yeah. that immediately. Well, and also, then, it's like, that's a lot of fabric to get through to get, you know, to get to work, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. You know? <laughs> it's like, it's like holding up a tent, you know? <laughs> I'm sad to finish another episode because you're, you're so wonderful to talk oh, well, to. Oh, thank you. Well, I'll come back. I I'll know you'll come back. back. I'll, I'll go. I'll go shake the trees and find out some juicy stuff and 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 come back with it. Well, that's also a great thing about us. We're now in the same podcast family. Because uh, yes. yes, please everyone listen to Andy's podcast. Three questions. It's yes. amazing. Thank you. I really do appreciate it, and uh, it's always good to see you. Good to see you too, Solomon. That was the great, the wonderful, the spectacular Andy Richter. Be sure and listen to his podcast, Three Questions. It's such a gem. Recent guests include Tressy McMillan, Cottom, Jesse Klein, just to name a few. Just pick an episode at random and you'll have fun. I promise. And if you're still on the dumpster fire that is Twitter, follow Andy at Andy Richter, where he's the only bright corner in a dark hellscape. Once again, if you want to tell your story on the juice, send them in by visiting teamcoco.com slash heyjuice. Also, please do me the favor of rating and reviewing an Apple podcast. Give us all the stars and gossip about us to your friends. I'd really appreciate it. The Juice is produced by Nick Liao, Jen Samples, and Lisa Berm. Executive producers are Jeff Ross, Adam Sachs, and Joanna Salataroff. Engineering and music by Eduardo Perez. I'm Solomon Giorgio. See you all back here next week as we dish out more of the low-stakes gossip you love to hear on The Juice. And please, have a juicy day. I was
emotions vaguely remembered flooded back to me and I felt whole again when you were in my arms and then was in love again for a moment I once cared for you fell in love for a moment but I won't let you enjoy the pain you cause cause I won't show it for a moment A Team Coco production. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.